Inherently Happy, Episode 5, Emotional Inertia. Once you have the agility to use emotions as you need them, then you really have to delve deeper. Because emotions have strength, they have momentum too, or inertia. They want to keep going if they're going, and they want to keep stopping if they're stopping. Emotional inertia, I call emotion. Meaning no quick fix will stop that pain train or start the happy trolley up again. Once you practice your emotions with your method of choice, get that agility by interacting, connecting, being entertained or taught, then you need to really get to know your emotions. Which ones do you prefer? Which ones overwhelm you? Which do you crave? Which have triggered you since forever? And maybe you can discover why. In increments, there's no quick fix when it comes to painful memories. They have to be treated gradually, like you would rehabilitate after an injury. Emotions have a weight of their own. And once they start moving, they're hard to stop and tend to stay cruising, barreling, or, or stagnating, whatever they happen to be doing already. It takes effort to change them, which is why practice and exploration can retrain them. Ha ha. Let me give you an example of how the pain train can be slowed, stopped, and thrown in reverse, if that's what you're looking for. I used to be afraid of dogs. I used to be afraid of pretty much everything. But I'm going to start with my fear of dogs. I was seven years old and running down the street to play with my brother and my neighbor in the cemetery because that was at the end of the street. It was a great place to play. 50 acres, manicured lawns, lovely old hiding spots between trees and shrubs and huge, huge monuments to hide behind and go pew, pew, play commandos and stuff like that. I was running down the street because I wanted to play with them, but I had forgotten my cap gun, but I was like, whatever, I'll just use my finger. I mean, that's what you use in a pinch. And the neighbor, uh, who was, you know, college aged, was walking his two setters, an Irish setter and an English setter. Not a very violent breed. They're tall dogs. They're, they're slender, hairy, but just gorgeous. But they were bouncing up and down, rearing back like stallions that had been spooked by a rattler out on the trail. And as I was approaching, I was like, well, maybe I don't run past them. So I stopped and I started moving around going, cutting through the grass and someone's lawn and over their sidewalk and stepping over their, the bricks that they line their flower beds with and trying not to step on the flower beds. And as I was doing that, I got bit just on the arm, just where my elbow is. And it, it didn't hurt. It just held me there and it startled me and it stopped me in my tracks. And then the Irish setter jumped up and snapped its jaws right near me. So close, in fact, that one of the canine's canines sliced into my skin. 
and actually broke the skin. But just a slice, just like a snapping slice. And that stunned me too. And that stunned the dog owner who screamed at me to get the hell away from me. Him. And I started running across the street, not even looking where I was going. And luckily I didn't get hit. And just holding my neck. And being so upset and hurt and embarrassed and sad. And I love dogs. And why did the dog not like me? And why am I bleeding? And then my mom freaked out. And then their family tried to blame me. And we were just like, we're not going to sue you. Just get out of our fucking way. we got to get to the hospital. And I, they got to stitch me up while I'm awake using some sort of topical painkiller in a metal tube like a tube of toothpaste, but metal, because this was a long time ago, and just pressing it in there, and it, that hurt worse. And then the the needle, and then just being held down and snotting on their bed covers, and just, like, terrible. And, but then it was pretty cool having, like, a scar on your neck, you know? And nobody even noticed that my blonde hair was turning to brown, and I, my golden days were done. And I was then just constantly thinking about this wound and the dog and what will happen with the dog and why the dog attacked me and I thought this was supposed to be a a friendly type of dog and I know this family and I know these dogs well I knew I knew the English setter for a long time Duffy is such a great dog you know but red why no I don't that's just no why they're no and so I avoided dogs because you never know when one's going to take a nip at you. You know, even little dogs or big dogs. All dogs. All dogs. All animals. All people. You can, because I, like I said, I wasn't just afraid of dogs. I was afraid of the dark. I was afraid of drowning. I was afraid of falling. I was afraid of heights. I was afraid of fast cars. I was afraid of meteors. I was afraid of dinosaurs. I was afraid of vampires and all the dead coming from the cemetery down the street. The church probably couldn't handle them all. And I was afraid of bullies. And I was afraid of teachers and adults and cops. And traffic. And just the sun. Oh my god, the sunburn. So much. Was I a vampire? No. I was afraid of sleeping. Darkness with sleeping and lights out. And waking up and never waking up. And... But dogs, I had to get over a fear of dogs. I had to. You can't go through life being afraid of dogs. There's too many fucking dogs. So, dogs on TV were okay in movies. Dogs in pet stores, like little puppies, I guess. Stuffed animal dogs. Songs about dogs. Dogs from a distance. Good dogs that can jump and play. Silly dogs that like to sit on your lap and lick your face. But how do you find out which one of these dogs that dog is unless you approach it? It took years. But I wanted to overcome this fear, this aversion to dogs. Dogs are cool. I like dogs. I just don't like dogs that bite me for no reason. But they don't all bite you. Learn how to approach dogs. Don't come at them. 
That scares them. Try to see life as if you were a dog. They have a strong sense of smell. They can spot you. They can smell your fear, your intention. So don't feel that way. Just the same way if you try to run at a group of pigeons, they're going to fly away from you. But if you just kind of walk idly by some crows, they might ignore you. If you go at a crow, sure, it's going to be like, hey, what are you doing here? But if you just just let animals be, you know, don't be like, oh, I must talk to the animal. I must touch the animal. The animal is to be subjugated by mankind. No, that's your problem right there. You became afraid of the dog. Then you started saying, well, dogs are wolves anyway, and they're trying to kill us, and they're werewolves, and they're going to bite me, and I'm going to die. But I'm already a vampire, so I can't be both. Or I'm this super kind of combination craziness that's just going nuts which I'm not so there but there was some sense of I had to learn how dogs think I might never understand why the dog attacked me maybe the dog was just riled up already and I just happened to be within reach maybe it was trying to get the owner and and, and I just happened to be shorter and and an easier catch who knows? Who knows? Maybe the owner didn't really like me. It was the, 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 the kid of the owner. Like there was two boys in like college when I was still in grade school. And uh, the parents. And it's a weird family, I guess. But uh, who knows? But other dogs, I you know, and that dog, maybe it was just a problem dog. You know, you're like, oh, there's no problem dogs. No, but it bit other people. So maybe it's just... They were treating it badly, you know, because dog is reactionary, you know, it doesn't have meditation skills and so forth. It's basically whatever the environment is. And I didn't want to be like a dog, even though I love dogs, but I wanted to think like a dog. So I didn't want to be reactionary. I wanted to like think about it and work on it and overcome it. So little by little, I made that effort. If I saw a dog barking in a yard and there was a fence, I would try to walk near it. You know, it would bark more and more and more and that would get me more anxious. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. And then I would just kind of like hurry past or like go another way next time. Not trying to like scare myself just to scare myself, but just trying to like, you know, test the waters, you know, like when you get into a, a hot bath or a cold pool at first, it's it's a shock to your system, so you just do it gradually, or you just jump all in and like brace yourself, and the bracing of yourself can be like helpful. So sometimes I would just like brace myself, and other times I'd be like, you know what, let it come more naturally. I got time. There's no like, I don't have to like do the big dog show or anything like that. There's no like urgency, and so I let it take its time. And eventually I understood that the dogs, you know, they like treats, they like pets, they like games. Uh, they don't want you to be mean. You can kind of tell if a dog is mean or friendly. You know, the ones that are barking and they're frantic. Okay, maybe don't like think you can handle that one right away. But ones that are just like barking and their tails are wagging and they le seem happy and they're ready to jump up on you. Like that, maybe that's okay. If you go to a friend's house and they have a dog, you know, just little by little by little by little by little. Until I got to the point where I felt like I could understand dogs. You know, not all dogs. I'm not a dog trainer or anything like that. But just like they like to be scratched. 
They like to be pet, but they also like to come to you to get to have the choice. They like consent. Dogs do. And cats and people. So you offer your hand. You don't just immediately pet them. You let them come to you. Let them smell you. They like to smell things. Understand what a dog does. Then if if they get a little skittish, don't press. Don't press. Let them let them get away from you. Let them trust their safe zones again and and make the consent. But just be open and inviting and like friendly. Dogs like friendly. They can see it in your face. And you hear it in your voice. And don't get frustrated if they get scared of you. It's okay. They can be scared of you. That's their choice. So just treat them with respect and they will respect you back. So then you can pet them. They like it around the ears. They like it around the neck. They like it down the back and by the base of the tail. They like it on the sides, but don't get too fresh. Don't go straight for the belly. Don't go straight for the chest. Start with the ears and, and, and pet them and, and their back and stroke them. They like it and, and reassure them. And then they're not going to bite you. Okay? They don't just bite randomly. They're going to they're gonna want you to keep petting them. They're going to want to be near you. Dogs like you. So don't be afraid of them. And that took me a long time to figure out. But now I love dogs. And I get along with them great. And so you're like, well, why does that matter to me? I'm, I, I'm not afraid of dogs. I don't understand. Yeah, but there's things that we are all have an aversion to, you know. Like if you if you call it a phobia, you're like, I'm not a phobia person. I'm not a phobic. I'm like, ah, eh, phobia is just an aversion to, you know. It doesn't mean like you're terrified necessarily. It could mean. But that's an extreme one. But it's just like, you know, I don't particularly like asparagus. So I have an aversion to asparagus. Do I have a fear of asparagus? No. If it's in my food, I won't like it. Because I don't like it. But I won't suddenly vomit or anything like that or break out in hives. I just be like, I choose not to eat that. I don't like that taste. And it makes my pee smell funny. And so, no thank you. I, I prefer a more perfumed aroma from my urine. Um, no, but like, I don't like oysters either, but, uh, being a, being of having an aversion to something starts taking a little away from your self-determinism. You're like, oh, we have a nice smorgasbord of food here. We can have this, that, and the other. Ooh, the carbonara. Ooh, I love carbonara. That's my favorite. With asparagus. Son of a bitch. Would you eat it anyway? Would you pick around the asparagus? What if it's like just mushed in there? You gonna eat it anyway? Yeah, that 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 becomes like you have a thing that you want, but it has something you don't want. Which which are you willing to like compromise over? Like, okay, I won't eat what I want because I really don't like that thing I don't want. Or okay, I'll eat what I want, knowing that there's something that I don't want. So that's how fear or a phobia, or just an aversion, can affect your life and keep you from being self-determined. Now, for some things, it's not a big deal. They also have a carbonara over there without asparagus in it. So you're like, I'll just have that one, you know? But sometimes it is keeping you from doing something because you're not willing to have that discomfort 
to let that thing trigger you, to overcome that trigger so that it no longer has power over you. You know, if you're afraid of creepy crawlies or heights of the dark or whatever, or swimming, then start small. Work your way up, you know? That's what I'm saying. It's not a quick fix. You, you, it took you a while to get into that. It's going to take you a while to get out of it. You're like, oh, no, I'm afraid of spiders because there was a spider in my bed. And I was, yeah, that, that was an instance. And since then, you've built it up into a phobia. So you're going to have to dismantle it in a gradual way as well. And that was the fear of, dog, fear of dogs story illustrating that point, is that it took me a while, but I did it. And it helps to write about it. And it helps to analyze it and get distance and talk about it. You know, so that it becomes a thing that happened and not a thing that happened to you and not a thing that ruined your life, and not a thing that made you who you are today in a, such a scared way. You know, it's just something that you overcame. Then that's the end of the story. And that's why watching movies and music and listening to whole albums and that have an arc to them. And that, that's why we really appreciate those works of art that, that go through an entire range of human emotion because it's training us, it's teaching us, it's helping us, it's rehabilitating us. It's making us healthy by expressing and flushing our systems with these examples and exercises of emotion, of life, of feeling, of the human condition. And people are like, oh, well, it's just entertainment. I'm like, no, it's teaching us how to be people, how to be good to each other, how to be productive, how to fight the good fight and choose which hills to die on. And that's life. Ha ha.